Hey guys, you did it. We are at the season finale. Remember when we talked about it in the very first episode, this whole plot and inner workings and the secret lore of Dear FBI Agent, and then proceeded to not talk about it for the rest of the season? Well, we are officially coming back to solve the issue. But first, we will speak to the band and have a very fun interview. It's a great episode. Stick around. I think it's a great way to end the season. Hope you guys enjoy. Music for the last time of the season. Take it away. Hey, brother, how we doing? Good. It's a weird time. I know. This is the last episode of this season. Can you believe it? We've made it 10 weeks. 10 weeks in. 10 weeks of a podcast that I didn't want to make. That's, That's a milestone. Yeah. Yeah. I just watched. Oh, my God. Sorry. I'm drinking. What are you? It's from my <laughs> gin I was drinking. Gin rummy. You're, tr- you're drinking gin. That is an alcoholic beverage. Gin rummy, actually. Still an alcoholic beverage. Nah, man, it's coke. Um, anyway, I just watched a great documentary last night called Citizen Four. It's about Edward Snowden. Uh, if you don't know him, he is the guy who leaked classified information from the NSA detailing the abuses uh, against American citizens by recording their phone calls and texts. That movie detailed the decisions he and the reporters made to release the information to the public and release the fact that he was the guy who released it. So right, I forgot about that. That was I think we found that that was a while ago. Maybe yeah, maybe that scandal break. It was like middle school, I think, because I remember that guy sounds like he should be in Game of Thrones. Edward Snowden. Yeah, but no, he's just some white guy, a national hero. I think many people don't think so, and. I was thinking the whole time, actually, when I was watching it, I was thinking, dear fucking FBI agent. Oh, yep, listening in. Get in the info. You're listening in. Dear FBI agent, for listening in, uh, it's illegal. As an FBI agent, I feel like that's part of his job. It's not like, you know, homeless Joe cracking onto the, hanging onto the, um, the um, landline. You know, it's illegal to listen to calls. I used to do that when I was a kid. We we had we used to have a landline before we remodeled our kitchen. We had a landline in the wall, and I would listen to people's conversations. Yeah, it's like that. <laughs> it's like um that that play we watched uh on the day of the Aurora show. Oh my god! <laughs> was that what's that called? Bug, bug! Oh my god! That was quite yeah. the show. You want to explain to the viewers? I mean, oh yeah, that? let me let me tell the people about it. This was the first time that both Louie and I, we had a shared experience of seeing live nudity now, together. viewers, listeners, um, the nudity, it wasn't like, oh, she took her top off or he took a shirt off. No, no. No, no. No, no. No clothes. Not a scent of clothes on. You could just say butt naked. You could you could just say that. They, they had no clothes on. Naked. Let me explain the story. It was a cold, brisk January, a Saturday. Such good times. 
the day, yes, back when the world was, you know, you could go in the theater and, you know, sit with people and, you know, all that stuff. Anyway, any, any who, we wanted to see Louis, Louis rings me. He said, hey, there's this show. It's called Roe. There's a show called Roe. It's at two o'clock. It's about Roe v. Wade yeah. and that experience. And I was like, cool. I could go see that. That's fine. And being the dapper on time man Louis always is. Yes, sir. We were not going to make the show. We were on the train. And I was like, Louis, we're not going to make it. And he was like, nope. Still, I think we can still make it. I think we can still make it. And we, we didn't make it. Sometimes now we still have a running gag, the, t- the two of us, where we're like, you think we still have time to see Ro? You think we still catch up? You think we can still make it? Um, but anyway, we did not have time. So we went on the interweb to at Steppenwolf to see what other shows were in the area and at what times. And there was a show listed called Bug to be played at Steppenwolf at 3 p.m. And we were like, okay, this sounds cool. The description was very vague and we did we we didn't really know what we were gonna see, but it was like, okay, at least we get a show. And I got to use here like student something, right? There were like five bucks a ticket. Check this, check this. Yeah, so that really hooked us up with that. So we don't see Roe, we see Bug. Now we get the pamphlet still. We we buy the we go up to the we go up to the teller and we say two tickets for Bug and there's no issue. Like he just gives us the tickets. That is I'll explain why that's relevant in a, in a little bit you'll see why so we go into the show and into the theater and i wanted to see what the demographic of the room was because i didn't know you know what type of play this was suggested audiences what kind of people are coming so i look around and we are the youngest people in the theater by at least 25 years by far like like an easy 25 so i'm like okay that's interesting this is a like this is a mature play. There are no kids here. I mean, we, we were both eighteen, but you know, we're still crazy young compared to the rest of the audience. And I'm like, okay. So we're seeing a mature play. Play starts and right away it's just sequences of crass language and foulities coming out of their mouths. And I'm like, okay. Like there's language. People don't they, people don't want their kids hearing words like shit and fuck and bitch. Whoa, 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 whoa. We've never said those on here before. Oh, I'm sorry. I was on the wrong platform, I guess. Wrong podcast. Sorry, I do a, do a second podcast. Ah. So the play goes on. Not too far in. Like We're still, we're still in the, like, the first five, ten minutes. And there's a whipping out of some pretty hardcore drugs, like PCP and, and coke and, and shit like that. So I'm like, okay, that's interesting. No kids are here because there's crass language vulgarities and coke being snorted I'm like okay okay then there's a scene where there's a man and a woman and the scene ends where it's implied that they are gonna have sex where they go into the bed the covers you know go over them and it fades to bl- fades to black so this next scene they're talking because the guy thinks there's a bug he's like you know scratching being bit by a bug so like they're trying to find the bug it's really really dark there's barely any light on stage and they get out of the bed and we're like wait a minute they're naked they're naked they'd be naked though they they, they be naked though <laughs> and we're like oh that's why there are no kids here there was um genitalia if you will on stage for the world to see i'm cool like i'm fine 
I don't remember what you, how, how you, I remember looking at you to like, just to see like what you were, what was your reaction when you, when you saw them? Big smile, big, huge smile. Comforting. Um, <laughs> that's funny. So yeah, basically that's the time that Louie and I experienced full frontal nudity together. Yeah. But the reason why that reminds me of your documentary, um, because just the play was about government surveillance, who is watching, who knows what. Over the story, they go, they gradually go insane, you know, and they are like so paranoid that there's a bug in the room, they're getting watched. And the guy's like, there's a fucking bug in here. Yeah, let me check, let me check. There's a bug in here. So, and, and the woman's like, and like, she, you know, her child's got like murdered by some government agent at the grocery store. It's just, it was just fucking crazy. It's, yeah. It did not go away. And then like, they lit themselves on fire. Like, what the fuck? Don't, don't spoil the ending don't if anyone wants to see the show. What, are they going to have a second rehearsal process after COVID? Like, come on. I don't know. They, they did get naked at the end, though, to blow themselves up, too. So we got um, two shots, if you will, two yeah. scenes. And then, and then when they, they came out to bow, they were in robes, which I thought was funny. Mm-hmm. Well, they weren't going to bow naked, I guess. That's, you know, because, you know, that's the breaking of the, the, the magic of the theater. Yeah. And that's just a naked person in front of you. It's <laughs> different. Anyway. Hey, Jonah. Hey, Louie. We got a problem to solve today. We're going to freaking solve it. What do you mean? It's freaking baby. It's yours. It's, I thought I explained to you. It's not, it's not my kid. It can't be my kid. Oh, it is your kid, and you're gonna freaking care for it. It's it's Isaac's, bro. It's Isaac's. I know you said that, and I processed it, but now I am. I don't freaking believe a word you say. I think you're just lying to get out of this. I don't think Isaac has a freaking word in this. I don't think he was even involved. All right. Well, let's bring him on. Really? Yeah. Let's get him All on right. the podcast right now. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen. Please welcome Isaac Barry Wan. Isaac, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. That's pretty good. Pretty, pretty good is pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Isaac, it's so good to see you. We don't see you enough. I know. See anyone enough? Um, I see your beard and it's growing. That's good. Looks nice. That's Looks really nice. Good. We're just gonna ask you a couple questions and we'll get on our way. All right. First question for you today. When did you meet us and what were your first impressions of us? If you can recall. If, if can. I can recall. Okay. Start with Louie. Long lost boy. Dude, <laughs> I did not meet you. It was, we go far back. I think like Middleton. Middleton. That was the first time. Yeah. And so when I first met you, you were like a, you were a little small, tiny. Yeah, you got some chubby cheeks you know a little pudgy that's fine we don't judge in elementary school but first time i met you i think band was where we really connected fourth grade and so you were you picked up the clarinet fourth grade and i also picked up the clarinet and so during band that we really connected with each other and uh after that like you, you kind of became this funny person and like high school you did a 180 you know, once you join theater, you, I know Nicole mentioned this last episode, but like you just changed completely. You were more outgoing and um, it was, it was really cool to see. And I feel like 
once you joined theaters, because I was already doing theater at Niles North, I did my freshman year, you joined your the end spring of freshman year. And so that's when we really got to connect with each other at Theater Fest. Theater Fest was fun. And then um, Jay Senlin, my boy. <laughs> uh, vocal jazz. I feel like that's always where people say is the first time. And like, that is the first time with me. Um, I had friends, I had friends who like, you probably knew like Jenna, um, Ben, Eliana, um, all of the Jewish friends. <laughs> and right, so, right. yeah, vocal jazz. I just, you were a bass player. I knew that, and then you came in to take one. I was so surprised. And like, after after that, like, we kinda got to know each other. You're just that cool bass dude. I'm really, I'm really proud that like, you went all throughout all four years of high school in take one, because I know some people, they like switched from take one to Harmo or Soundcheck or whatever, but you just stuck through it. Well, thank you. You talked about with your Louis memories of him joining theater. Uh, do you want to talk about how you first got into theater and how your high school experience was with that? Sure. My first theater production was as, it was actually third grade. I, I didn't do, there, we had Honk, third grade at Middleton, um, <laughs> but I joined the North Shore Dance Center, which is um, on Main Street, Main Street and Crawford. And so I did a production of The Jungle Book there. And um, I actually met Cassidy, Cassidy Sachs there. And so I played like these different animals in the ensemble and I really liked it and enjoyed it. And just like the whole community of people was very nice and inviting. And so when the little, when Aladdin opened up at Middleton, I decided why not throw my, toss my hat in the ring for that specific production. I know that Mr. Sumerak, who was our drama teacher at the time, he was um, the host of, he was doing the entire production. And so um, we stood in his little classroom drama center and we just rehearsed and rehearsed. And then once we finally got up into the stage, it was cool because like I got to meet new people. And even though I was a part of the ensemble, I was part of like a bigger group. And I really, I really appreciate that collaboration that we have. In the, th in the theater department. Now, for high school, I, I was already in the theater. I kept doing theater my, through fourth grade to fifth grade to McCracken. There was one year I stopped doing theater, which was uh, the time we did Midwest. It was sixth grade, I know that. I, I never really intended to do theater that much in high school. I was just like, I'll just do the musicals, why not? That's the only thing I really care about. But after I like joined the community, the theater community and um, got to know everyone. I just thought, why not? So freshman year, I did the producers. Then sophomore through senior year, I just kept on doing every production because I really wanted to make new friends and be a part of something bigger than me. So yeah, there you go. Awesome. That's great. That's great. <clears throat> Going off in the mold of that, obviously your last production, Matilda, ended in such a um, terrible way with the cancellation of it yeah. due to the coronavirus. I just want to say you were really tremendous in that show as Agatha Trunchbull. So good. Throwing down that hammer. Um, we would like to know, you know, what were your emotions, thoughts running through your head when the musical was canceled? 
And, you know, and after that, can you talk us through the, what the rehearsal process was like for that show otherwise? Sure thing. Funnily enough, I feel like I made this goal throughout high school and I made it at the end of my freshman year in theater. Um, I told myself, Isaac, in your theater high school career, I want you to become the lead in a musical. I thought that would be impossible, like actually, because I kept on seeing each and every year I auditioned for the musical. And some years I had a great audition and I thought I would get in, and other years I just completely bombed it. For my senior year uh, for Matilda, I had a wonderful audition. I mean, you were there. You didn't, you didn't see my audition, but um, you saw like me coming out of it. I just, I had a really good feeling about it. And um, I felt like I gave it my all. And Mr. Orman clearly saw that and asked me as Miss Trunchbull. Matilda being canceled was, was a real heartbreak. And so I, I didn't take it very well since that was my, that was what I was leading up to in my theater high school experience. And um, after that production, I just went home. Uh, had to, I had to take a break, do something, get my mind off. I took many walks and um, I went to the park, went on the swings and I swung, thinking about is this the end of my theater career? And then luckily, Louie tells me that he's going to McAllister. Now, at that time, I was, I was in shambles. That was the one bit of good news that had come out. And I'm like super excited because we were crossing our fingers that entire time in March. Louis, would you come? Would you, what, are you going to McAllister or not? What's, what's the apps? Yeah, you were always like, uh, did you get in? Did you get in? And I was like, I haven't heard yet. Haven't heard. Yeah, I was I was the first. I did early decision. Yeah. And so I heard about getting into McAllister first. And then you heard about it later. And then we just spiraled out of control and it was so much fun. Yeah. So throughout throughout the like the downtime of Matilda, I mean that was that was what I was looking forward to. Now the re- rehearsal process for Matilda, that was completely it was a lot of fun because being a senior in in the theater department is I think the greatest experience because you know everyone who's like auditioning and you're already close and you you see these new people coming in coming out in the auditions and you can like coach them and help them out and so I felt like because I played a lead character, Agatha Trunchbull, like I could help out with um, students, the the little students in the classroom. It was a really fun rehearsal process. I got to learn a lot. And people say like, it's not about the destination, it's about the journey. And I think for the most part, yeah, it was really like about the journey. That's what I took away from the musical. So you are going to college with Louie, like that is happening. That is indeed happening. This boy over here, I'm going. To. Oh my god! So, are you guys, are you like rooming together? Are you gonna? Are you in the same major? How's how's that going down? That I'm. I'm glad you brought that up because Louis and I, I. I texted him earlier. This. Yeah. Hey, the rooming. The rooming came out. The room floor yeah, yeah. came out, and so we need. We need to fill that out yeah. after we're done recording. But yeah, hope I'm crossing my fingers that we can room. But with coronavirus, I feel like. We might not be able to. Yeah. And I mean, like, I'm completely fine with that because we can still just, um, we can still see each other on campus, campus, go to restaurants, you know, hang out with each other. Yeah. 
but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have a lot of fun. We're gonna you know go to a lot of parties, meet the ladies, maybe lose some virginity. Easy. Who knows? Okay. Who knows? <laughs> oh my god. Who knows? Who knows what could happen when you pair the Juan and the Lou together? Maybe. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, I'm gonna dial it right up to a ten. Okay. <laughs> So catchphrase now, Louis. He does this every time. I don't. I don't see. I'm looking at our question set that we have for you. I don't see a ten. Um, I'm highlighting the ten, but here's the thing. Oh, I oh fuck! Know, <laughs> I swear! I swear! I heard somewhere that you, Alex, David, and Stephen measured oh your penises together. I I swear! Oh. I swear! Did that happen? Are they lying? I think they're lying. <laughs> they're obviously lying, Louis. Okay, we would not go <laughs> into our room, rooming with them, without our dicks and measure them. Who in the? No, I'm no, no, no. close with them, but we're not that close. Like, like <laughs> we're, we're not. Uh, oh my god! Do you want to know what actually went down that night? Yes, I do. Okay. <laughs> We <laughs> we stayed up late playing Mario Party. No joke. That's all we did. And so David and Steven, they had an audition the next day. They were like, who's down for some Mario Party? <laughs> so we just we played Mario Party till late, like 12 in the morning. They had an audition, and um, we went to bed. That's all. Okay? Risque. Whoa. Whoa. Got to check your sources, Louie. All right. Well, I, I swear. Yeah, you, you you really gotta you gotta find that whistleblower. That that's a major <laughs> accusation. That is just not even. Wow. So, this is again. Wow, we're we're really on fire with the segues today. You stayed up playing Mario Party. Now I yeah. can look at that beautiful. So obviously, <laughs> people know you as a big fan of Nintendo, Nintendo properties, and you got you got all the get up, all the all the DLCs, the extra. All the all the wicked gear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So I would like to know what your favorite Nintendo series is. What like the favorite property, series, and game? I, I like this question because I, I have honestly people don't talk about my gamer side enough, and like I know people people know me as like the music theater person, but like they don't they don't know my hobbies. What are my hobbies? What do I do? Yeah. Like literally on every single trip, I bring my Nintendo Switch and I hook it up to the TV and I try to oh, get yeah. people to play it with me. So yeah, thank you, Jonah, for asking that question. I got you. He's got you, Jonah. You made a joke about this at Vocal Jazz Retreat, didn't you? Yes, I, yes, I did. Oh, yes, I did. did. For my favorite Nintendo property or series, like franchise, I'd say that my favorite um, series is. I'd say it has to be Super Smash Bros. Because I, I grew up with that as a kid. My mom's co-worker brought home a Nintendo. He, his son was moving out to college. And so he had all this old gaming supply. And so he gave my, um, he gave my mom a Nintendo 64 with some games. And the first game that I popped in, the first cartridge, you know, you got to blow on the cartridge and put it right, in. Right, right, yeah. And so the first game I played was Super Smash Brothers on the Nintendo 64 with my sister. It was a lot of fun because, like, I I was never, 
I knew I didn't know any of these people. I of course I knew Mario and Link, but like who's Kirby? Who's uh, Donkey Kong? Who's all these other characters? And so that's what really introduced me to Nintendo as a whole. And I think that being my first game was really great. Yeah, it's really yeah. fun. I do not know Nintendo at all. Like I know you yeah, don't know. We Nintendo. we tried to play at Theater Fest and you were so you were so bad. Like you gave up. You just like dropped the control. We were trying to play Mario Kart with Louie, and so he he was balls terrible at it. <laughs> and so it was just Mario Kart. I mean, like, what do you do? You just <laughs> drive. You yeah. just follow the road. He has the driving's license, but he can't play Mario Kart for shit. Well, I certainly did done drive you around. Oh, yeah, okay. We're uh, going to talk about that now? No, no, no. So, obviously... There's a thing called Corona that exists, right? And you're in quarantine. What is a usual day of quarantine like in the Wan household? Can you take us through that for us? Uh, sure thing. So daily life, quarantine, what do we do? Um, I'd, the first thing we do, we wake up in the morning feeling like P. Diddy. I know? was hoping you would say that. <laughs> yes, thank you. No, oh, no, we don't. <laughs> For, I've been staying up really late since because of quarantine. And so um, I've been waking up at like 8, 9, 10. Um, I'd wake up, get breakfast, usually eat cereal. And then um, I do my Animal Crossing dailies. And so Animal Crossing New Horizons was a game that actually came out on the cusp of quarantine. It actually blew up the internet. And so a lot of people were playing it. And I downloaded it to see what it was about. I've never played Animal Crossing before. And I got hooked <laughs> instantly. And so that's I do that in the morning. And then um, lunchtime, I usually uh, eat with my sister. We watch TV together. Um, we've been watching uh, this one TV show called Shit's Creek together. It's really yes. funny. It's about this rich oh, family yeah. who gets kicked out of their house. And so they're, they're living in this poor community. So they're trying to like acute. They're trying to get accustomed to being poor and what life is like. Yeah, Eugene really? Levy, Catherine O'Hara, and both of Eugene's kids are actually in it too, which is really cool. Oh, really? Yeah, Daniel and um, Twyla are both are his son and daughter. I knew that. I knew they looked similar. I mean, yeah. it looks like they would be related. Thank you, Jonah. Thank yeah, it's you. really cool. Bring me some insights. So we. Um, Lunchtime, we'd watch TV together while eating. Uh, we usually have um, this Chinese dish called xiaolongbao. So it's like little pork dumplings that you would eat with um, soy sauce and vinegar. Dinner, we usually just have, it's a toss-up. Um, I can make pizza, frozen pizza, or my sister, she likes to make soups for herself, stuff like that. Um, and then when my... My mom's work, she leaves early in the morning to go work. And so um, when she comes back, we spend time together. We usually like to watch, put on a movie. I'm trying to remember the most recent movie we watched. Oh, uh, oh yeah. I was, I was, okay. Louis gave me a movie recommendation. It was called Just Mercy. So I watched that with um, yeah. Lee, who's my sister. And then I go to bed playing some games and fall asleep. End of story. What right. time do you usually go to bed? Um, probably, I'd say like twelve. Yeah. When you stop to think about it, I'm I'm moving on now. Sorry. Um, when you stop to think about it, our senior year was um actually kind of shit. Uh, we had 
we the first semester um ipizami and uh, don't right even the, remind me <laughs> right right into the new year we had theater fest which was you know had its own difficulties and then our season got cut short and school was off for the rest of the year i think the one the one good thing i think we had was mexico would you agree i mean of course i mean that's what that was probably the highlight of everyone like everyone yeah. who was at in mexico that was the highlight and i feel bad because our um guitarist take for take one she he, he didn't join us yeah yeah you did eliana she couldn't go either but do you want to yeah. do you want to talk about your experience there what it was like how you enjoyed mexico, it mexico mexico that's fun okay so the bases we were we were chilling like a villain in mexico i loved it and so it was fun because like there wasn't that much drama in mexico and i was like i was expecting a lot like people doing drugs and stuff but you no know, it was it was pretty pretty chill and cool we we swam together louis you actually didn't you on the beach you went um what is it parasailing parasailing oh my god <laughs> Well, how much money you spent? Fifty dollars on parasailing? Call it forty. It was forty. Call it forty. Okay, yeah. this boy went parasailing, and I, I didn't believe him. I didn't think he would do it, but he did. Yeah, it was yeah. crazy. <laughs> and then the other time that we went to the beach, yeah, I I actually went um, jet skiing. Yeah, it was fun. I got you. I think you saw me, maybe Jonah. I think so. You think so? Okay. I think so. But I, I have some pictures for proof. Just, just to remind you. But yeah, I, I spent like $100 to go 30 minutes of jet skiing. And the water was really salty. And it got in my mouth. And I, it was disgusting. But uh, looking back on it, I'm glad that I did it. Yeah, that's, that's an experience you can't really get in Skokie. I know. You can't, you can't get that in Skokie. You have to go to I mean, I, I guess there's no, the can't. lake. But... Yeah, they like, have to buy a jet ski and and then our performance in Mexico. Okay, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> first, the first night, ah, uh, we shit the bed, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> the second night, we I think we really rose up to the occasion and like after talking about it, we did come through in the clutch. And I'll I'll always remember that performance. And uh, let's start it off, okay, Jonah? One, two, three. Cheek, cheek. Oh my god. Oh, I didn't know where you were going with that. We never we never got that right. Never I got it. Running gag in this Except I know we we the one time y'all did get it is when we tried to do it uh before the the second show when we were in that circle and I was like grinding through it. People were actually getting it. Yeah. And then we did it in the performance <laughs> with could. a different conductor. But that's that's in the past. We'll we'll get it eventually. No, maybe. maybe maybe sometime. Are we still having that Gregorman cookout thing? Oh my. We better. I'm I mean, so I, excited for that. You have no idea. I haven't heard anything about it. Rumor has it he makes fantastic burgers. Okay, okay, okay. That's so it. just to see everyone again, you know, that's yeah, miss miss my senior class. I mean, he's a dad. He know he needs to know how to grill. You know, daddy grill. Dear FBI agent, confirming gender roles <laughs> since two thousand and twenty. <laughs> yeah, um, Isaac, how about that experience on theater board? That was <laughs> el toxic, right? That el was el toxic, very toxic. Yeah, theater board. That was 
that was something we were looking forward to junior year. And so, like, after, <laughs> after elections, like, I, I didn't think all three of us, would, you, me, and Alex, would actually get onto theater board. Yeah. But we, we did. We did it. And so that was our, that was our goal. We, I think sophomore, sophomore year, we were like, oh, we're going to do this whole campaign, all of this, posters <laughs> and everything, buttons. No, we did not do a single thing that we planned. But after elections, we gave our speeches. And like, at, look, looking back on it, I think it was toxic, but we were, we got the, we got the work done. And we were very, uh, we were a very powerful board compared to what I, Alex and I have seen throughout the past in theater board. You got shit done. You got shit done. But the one thing that we did never, we, we were planning this for months. Ah, the, the lock in. Oh my the, God. I was so looking forward the to that. In. Oh my yeah. God. I swear. I, I talk about this with Alex every now and then. And like, just looking back on it, we could have, we really could have gotten it if we just had a few more, like maybe two, three more weeks of, of school, but we couldn't because of Corona. We uh, usually take a short moment in the um, this thing where we ask you if you actually have any questions for us that you want to ask us, want to know, get off your chest. Let's bring it right up to a 10. Louis, yes. what were you feeling before Midwest Clinic? The greatest band oh experience of your life. Oh, before Bro. going onto that stage, what were your thoughts, anxieties, fears, hopes, what? Yeah, that was that was one of my favorite moments of middle school. Like middle school was trash. Like I I was so <laughs> shut in and like terrible. And like sixth grade was bad because like Noah Nuzov rejected me. And, and um, oh like I remember that. <laughs> and um, it was just bad. And in, in general, like there was no opportunities to really really shine. But like band was the exception. And Midwest Clinic was really, uh, you, I felt like we were kind of famous, you know, going up on that stage. And I was really nervous, like, because I, I think I liked like a small solo in Promise of Living. But I was even nervous for that because, like, you can really mess the whole shit up. Luckily, yeah. Louie and Ethan were the clarinets and they did not fuck up their solo. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Louie, what was your favorite? What was your favorite song that we performed at Midwest? I mean, favorite song now is The Promise of Living, but looking back, we did not do that one well. So, but like now, like I, I've grown to really love Aaron Copeland. That Japanese song was really good. Japanese pictures? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Wild Dance. Wild Dance. <laughs> yeah, those were those were probably my, my um, favorites. Isaac, we, we've needed to... This is uh, the uh, crux of the interview, if you will. So how do you feel that you're the father of Louis' kid? What, Jonah? I'm going to be a father? Wait. What? No, you, no, you're not. Do not Louis, listen. You, you didn't tell him yet? Why would I tell him? Because he's the father. He's not Oh, the my father. God. He's your dad. Oh, my God. You didn't tell him yet? He's not going to be. It's a dad. been ten more weeks. You after four months are the. That father is six of and a half months. You impregnated me, and no, I didn't. How can I prove it you, to you? No, no. Here's the thing. 
you just don't want to care for it. You want to get in and get out like all the men do. Now, let me no, tell you how no. it is. Let me tell you how it is. Let's, we're, let's, what, there's, a, there's some show. There's a show what? for this. What is it? There's, you know what? The, the, Mur, the Murray. There's a Murray, the Murray show. The Murray oh, show. We're going on the Murray God. show and filing I, an application right now. No, no. Here's the thing. It's actual white trash, and I know what it's like to be a woman and have a man not care, not care for me enough. Stop. 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 Don't be ridiculous. You have some sympathy. God. Okay. We got accepted. We got accepted. We're going. We're going. We're going. Next week, they can host us next week. Let's go. We're going. We're going. Fine. I'll see you there. You'll, you won't, I won't be surprised. I will see you in hell. Welcome back to The Maury Show, now under new management by me, Alex Sidorenko. We have an exciting episode for you all tonight. High school was a wild ride for all of us, believe me. But the story of the people you are about to meet just might make you think that your life was normal. It's the case of 18-year-old Louis Siegel, a newly graduated high school student, and who he thinks the father of his child is. He believes the father is Jonah Sendlin, 18, and a longtime friend of his, while Jonah thinks it's someone else. Let's bring him out. Here they are, Louis Siegel and Jonah Sendlin. So, gentlemen, how are we? Pissed off. A little nervous, actually. Uh, how come? Okay, I'm glad you asked, Alex. I'm glad you asked. Jonah and I went to Theater Fest last January, and we had a... Uh quite the trip. It was rough for everyone in so many ways, but for me, it was a rough time in the sheets, my guy. On the second night, Jonah and I decided to have a little fun while our other roommates were sleeping, and I'll, I'll just say it was quite a memorable session. I've been on the pill for a while now, so I went to get tested, just in case. It came back positive. I have a child, my own baby, our own baby. I didn't want to tell Jonah because you know I thought he might leave me, so... I kept it a secret for four months. Now, who doesn't do that? Keep your pregnancy a secret, right? Now, he says the kid can't be his. Now, you tell me. Is that a lie? It's a fucking lie. Oh, fuck off. Let me explain what this man is blabbering about. I could say Louis and I did get a bit intimate. We did. And it was great. It's true. But during the fun, I had to take a shit. So I told him, let's stop for a second so I could go do my thing. Then, as I came back, Isaac was in the bed next to him. I think it's safe to say that I was rightfully pissed off. Stop lying to yourself. You know you love me, and the kid is yours. Don't be- What do you mean? Why would I lie about this? Take ownership. We do this every time, and I had it fucking up to here. Even if it is mine, I'd still love it with all my heart. Regardless, you need to accept the facts that this kid is not mine. All right, let's settle down now. I think it's obvious to everyone here that a lot of people need the air cleared up a bit. 
We have a special guest backstage that I think should come out now. Wait, 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 what? No, yes. no don't yes. you dare you. bring him into this. He doesn't need to be here. This can be settled right here, right now. Just us. Just us. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Isaac Wan. brothers i'm actually tearing up louis i've never been a father before but i've sure been a daddy i am so glad that i received this opportunity our baby will grow up in a great home with great parents don't you worry you seem ecstatic to start parenthood at such a young age isaac what led you to be so excited about this possible opportunity as you know lou and i are very close friends in fact, we're as close as he is with Jonah. What I'm saying is when Jonah left, Louie was feeling um, unsatisfied as he didn't care for his needs. Being a good friend, I asked Louie if he needed some, how do I put this, help. And the rest is history. So I guess I'm a daddy in more ways than one. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yes. That doesn't mean yes, you Jonah can finish what he started. I'm not lying here. I cannot be the father. We got pretty far. You only got the sloppy seconds. What the fuck kind of bullshit science is that? Okay, okay, shut up, Jonah. Isaac, really, I appreciate that you think we'd make good parents, but I need to know who the fuck's genes I have growing inside me, you know? I'm either going to be eating lox and bagels or matzah with Kung Pao chicken. Well, Whoa, you'll find out Easy. what lunches you're packing for your kids sooner than you think. We did the DNA test on both Isaac and Jonah and matched it with the DNA of your fetus. And we have some extraordinary news for you. Before we get to the results, would any of you like to say anything? Yeah, I would. Jonah, no, no. sooner or Let's later, get on with this. you will have to accept the fact that child support payments will be due. And you can send them straight to my mailbox at McAllister. Hey, I would just like to say... I will respect the results of the decision, but Louie, Jonah is not your main concern. Regardless of who it is, this is your kid, and you better damn well like it. Louie, Isaac actually wants to be the father. Why are you still in denial here? Because I should be entitled to know who fucked me, and I know it was only one person who did this. It was Jonah, Gideon, Senman. But we both did. Oh, what are you on? Anyway, can we please just hear the goddamn results? Hold on for just a minute, bitch. We can't just hey. move on like that. Oh, You're still whoa. not focusing on the main issue here. You got us here to, to settle the debate on your child. I swear, whoever actually is the father at this point will have a fantastic time dealing with your ignorant ass. Hey, you have to Stop being so stupid, you fucking bitch. Everybody, settle down. Thank you. Let's get to the point here and give these patient listeners the answer to who the father of your child is, Louis. Fine, let's see it. Do it. Let's go. We have the results of the DNA test. In the case of Louis' unborn child, Jonas Endlin, you are not the father. What? Yes! What? Yes! Oh my god, I fucking knew it. No, no, no! Fuck you. Oh my god, I knew it from the very beginning. Oh my god, and you know what else? Jonah, he came at me first! He came at me first! 
You are a terrible bottom. Nice. <laughs> the result of the second test has just come in. In the second case of Louis' unborn child, Isaac Juan, you are not the father. What? Alex, wait. What are you saying? Excuse me. This is insane. Wait, wait. So you're telling me there's another father? Louis, who else have you fought? Is it even four months old? Is it older? Alex, you have the results. Please tell me. Come on, come on. Help us. Help me. Alex, please. Let me do that. Alex, a bit. I need to know before we move to another freaking season of this shit. How can I trust you with a podcast if I can't even trust you with who you fucked? Fuck me. And I guess that concludes the Mori Show, hosted by Alex Tudorenko. This is certainly a first for this show. Well, gents, I'm guessing you all have plenty to discuss between each other. Thanks for stopping by, folks. Now, back to the two guys in their studio. Bring it home, gentlemen, and good luck with the kid, Louie and Jonah. Why, why, why did I, why, why did I even want to do a podcast? Are you kidding me? That's what I've been saying this entire time. No, no, this was your idea, you fool. You called me, you rang me, you said, we should do podcast, 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 podcast. Like, oh, hello on the phone. Oh, hello. How was I not supposed to say yes? Don't even think about saying shit like that. This was all you. It's always been you. This show reeks of you. How dare you suggest this abominable idea that I came up with this shit. When we get out of quarantine, I am going to tear you limb from limb from limb from limb from limb, and you're going to be doing Dear FBI Agent with someone else. Who's going to be the character role? Who? You're going to be doing Dear FBI Agent. Why is my head stuck up my ass? Fuck off. Oh my god, I'm not the one going around sleeping with everybody. You have a lot of nerve calling me the problem right now. You wanna go? Huh? You yeah. and me? Really? Yeah. I mean, Wait. let's be honest here. Even you can admit I'm gonna win in the fight. You're like a pale branch who discovered Curb Your Enthusiasm way too late. Oh, don't you fucking dare. You watch that too. And just because I'm a little promiscuous doesn't mean you have to attack me for it, asshat. Asshat. You know what? You know what? I quit. What? You can't quit. Watch me. And you know what else? I'm going to make my own podcast. They call it Dear CIA Agent. Oh, so creative. How original. Fine. Then I also quit, and I'm going to make my own podcast. You know what I'm going to call it? So creative. Dear NSA Agent. Huh? Huh? Fine. Fine. Okay. All right. Good luck. You're going to need it. You're going to need it. Have fun doing your completely original idea. Oh, dear... CIA agent? What is that? Just a different fucking branch of the intelligence community. This whole idea, this whole concept was your fucking They're all stupid... Fucked. Oh They're my god. You can't, you can't blame me for this shit. On us. What are you dear talking NSA, about? Dear CIA, dear NSA, I, I can't, I can't. And that concludes Season 1 of Dear FBI Agent. Man, what a complete fucking waste of your time. And our time, honestly. I really need to talk to Louie, see if we're going to continue to do this. If he's pregnant with someone else's kid, I don't even know what to do, man. Might be a few weeks until you hear from us again. But in the meantime, your support was 
very well worth it. We did 10 whole episodes, probably averaged too many minutes, to be completely honest. Had some really crazy people on the podcast. Don't know how we got them. But if we continue doing this, it's only going to get crazier. We have some things planned up our sleeves, some people we want to bring in. But I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Music for the last time of the season. Take us home.